This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The NFL is here and it's all about the sweet offers from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code FIELDGOAL to sign up. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Why is the welcome to Manchester Post that never made sense to anyone outside of Manchester? What makes perfect football day out and what's the best English meal? Welcome to your first listener question special of the year. It's Wednesday the 18th of January. I'm Amy Murphy. And I'm Alex Brotherson. And this is the City Report Podcast. Where is going from Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6, it's 2 for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. They have made the impossible possible. sure you've seen by now we stuck out a tweet a couple of days ago asking listeners for questions we've had loads so this listener special is actually going to be two parts um in tomorrow's show with george and louis we're going to go through some of the more football related questions in our spurs preview sort of intertwining them there'll be a a little bit of football chat in this episode so if you if you're here for some uh in-depth analysis about what's going on at manchester city at the moment you're probably in the wrong place um we're going to be speaking about travel and food which is much more appealing to me 
let's get into it then, Alex. First question comes from Balogun, and it's a really interesting one. It's two-parted again, so we'll go through it uh, one by one. They start off by saying, what is the best dish from your nation's cuisine? Well, I mean, I think I might have gone with pie, but for the purpose of just making an interesting podcast, I'll... um... I don't know if this is right or not, but I seem to remember that someone, so some other nation has claimed ownership of fish and chips. I don't know if I'm making this right. up, but is that a typically British thing? I guess the, the British chippiers, so. isn't it? Yeah, I'd I'd say that's quintessentially British. Now, I, like full disclaimer, I think I've mentioned before, I I don't eat meat. Um, or fish. I'm a vegetarian, so my food-related answers are, are somewhat different. But I, I'm, I'm looking here. I, it's telling me fish and chips originated in England. Yeah. Um, introduced from separate immigrant cultures, so perhaps maybe that's where you've got your your you self-confused a little bit. But I, I think we can take fish and chips, can't we? I think that's fair. I think that's a solid shout as well. And I mean, I think it's it's one of those things where I think it can be played down as something that's just. You know, it's all the same wherever you go. But I think you can have very bad fish and chips and you can have very good fish and chips. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, people just, you, you got a, everyone has their favorite chippy, don't they? And I think it's yeah. a big part, it's, you know, of British food culture, you know, um, you know, Friday, where it's, well, Friday night chippy, I guess, on that mm. kind of thing. And, you know, there's different variations of things across the country, different specialities you can get, uh, you know, some some chippies do pies, which will please Ollie. Some places do, you know, <laughs> chip butties, sausages. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's added Mars bars. Exactly. If you go up to to Scotland and, and Glasgow mm. in particular, so I think I'll go with fish and chips. Uh, and I'm very lucky to have a very good one up in North Manchester that's won some national awards actually. I think, which oh, wow. is interesting given we're about forty miles or so from the sea, but they obviously do a good job of of keeping it fresh. So yeah. Do you say you're about 40 miles or so from the city? See. Oh, <laughs> right. I was going to say, like, Presswich isn't 40 miles away from Manchester. It's maybe 40 years behind, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've, I've got I've got to stop my North Manchester hate. I've got a mum from North Manchester, even though I've lived near South Manchester for... Wait, sorry, did you just life. say you, you live in South Manchester? Near I swear. South Manchester. Hmm. Near South Manchester hmm. now. Let's not get into this. Um... Next question from Balogun. Uh, this is a little bit more interesting, or at least oh, I didn't answer mine. Uh, for the record, Greg sausage roll is the is the best dish from from uh, from England. Um, he said, "Yes, what is your favourite dish from another another nation's cuisine?" Alex, you're a self proclaimed foodie. What are you going for? I mean, I'm not sure I am, but uh, <laughs> um... otherwise, if anyone follows you on Instagram, they will know you are 100 percent into your food. Uh, yeah, um, it's a tough one. I I do quite like the concept of tapas, but obviously that's not one food. There's about a million different things that come under tapas. If we're going to pick one dish, yeah, favorite the, the ass favorite dish. I mean. Technically, it is a, multi- a number of dishes, isn't mm. it? But I think that, that would be fair. I, I'm a shout. sucker for... Actually, no pun intended, but I'm a, I'm a sucker for uh, calamaris, so fried squid, which I guess have suckers yeah. on them. But anyway. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I wondered where you were going there. <laughs> um, yeah. I think I'll, I'll stick with my kind of um, 
love of Spain, and I go with calamaris. But again, kind of like fish and chips. It's a it's a battered fish kind of vibe today, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, calamaris. Or if I if I was going to have two, I'd say Neapolitan pizza. Oh, well, you've just jumped into me. Like I said, I'm a vegetarian. So as much as I do love food, it is somewhat limited. Um, I, I, in saying that, I, I, I would love to have tried, for, for any sort of um, confusion, I've been a vegetarian my entire life. So I'd have loved to have tried meat. It's just the the sort of the ethics of it. And I, I remember going into Eastern Europe with some of my friends a couple of years ago and we were into sort of I think it was in Romania and, and my friends were trying stuff like sheep brain and it intrigued me like bring, eating sheep brain and stuff like that so I'd love to have had that side of like a food education but in terms of vegetarian dishes anything Italian I would say is is something that I just I, it's that, that you can salivate you can taste it in your mouth now thinking about it good pasta dishes um that's probably what I'd go for um Right, okay, let's move on then. We've had a question from Alex Brotherton. Do you know him? Who's this joker? No, must be a bit of a nobody. Must be a bit of a nobody. No, Alex, you did submit a question for your, the podcast you were going to be on in the in the most self-centered move I've ever seen. Um Alex, you can you can answer it yourself if you want. Maybe you maybe you just wanted you were th- that desperate to uh to be able to answer this. But um your question, as I'm sure you know, what would your itinerary be for a city-themed day out in Manchester, including a match, of course? Have you mm. got a, a decent enough answer to uh, to tell the listeners? Yeah, well, maybe we should like spread it out so we all give a mm. kind of an element of the day. So obviously, the it's like one of them adventure books, like <laughs> like turn to page six to continue it's like, down. The it's like that game there. you play where you have to write a story and you write the first <laughs> bit and then you fold it over. And then, so your <laughs> yeah. second part of the story has got nothing to do with my, my yeah. bit. Um, so you're divvying it up. Are you, are you yeah. Okay. Well, we the matches are given. So, oh, is it though? Because I'm thinking kickoff times could. <laughs> so be... your perfect city day out involves not watching Manchester City. <laughs> <laughs> I did. What I meant was the kick. The kickoff time could depend on. So, for example, nobody wants a twelve thirty on a Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 4.30 on a Sunday, maybe. Should we go 3 o'clock Saturday, Mm. a staple, a classic? I think we can all agree on that. A 3 o'clock Saturday kickoff. Um, What have we got to decide on, Alex? Um, I guess it's... In my head, I had it as kind of things that had a link to City. So, you know, places that maybe restaurants that have a link or things to Mm. do in Manchester that have some sort of link, whatever that might be. Um, so it could be something like you know going to Affleck's because and looking at the the murals on the side because there's a mural yeah. in there of uh, Aguero or Mosaic or something. Um, yeah. But so I guess there's one. So sorry if you were going to say that. <laughs> um, right. So mine, I'll, I'll just say where after the match you've got to go for a tapas dinner at um, El Rincon, uh, oh. just off Deansgate and Ed. Partly for the food, but partly just to admire the retro city shirts that they have on the mm. walls. There's a, there's a nice few Kappa numbers, I think, on the walls there. I mm. can't remember who they were signed by, but I'm pretty sure they are. Um, but that would be my shout for, a you know, if it's a three o'clock game, maybe walk back into town, a few pints maybe in the Northern Quarter, and then make you sort of toddle over to um, to El Rincon and uh, sort of gorge on on the tapas and the, and the football memorabilia. 
and it's a really good restaurant as well. Um, a, a favourite of some footballers uh, who used to play for City. I think Javier Garrido was one who was a regular in there, going well back. El Rincon's great. Um, I would probably say if you're in that area and it's still open, a trip to classic football shirts is always a, an enjoyable but expensive John. And um, one I've I've spent hours in there before just flicking through and it's not even that big a place the national football museum even you know for locals i in the last year or so i'd, I'd say i've been twice maybe three times and what, what's great about it is the the exhibitions change on a i think it's a every three months maybe a little bit more but it's constantly updating there's loads of stuff to do loads of stuff to see and it's it's a really really enjoyable place so yeah i think that's made a pretty a pretty decent uh a pretty decent day out um finally then for part one we, we will chat a little bit about football in part two but we've had a question from andrew detmer obviously of this parish um an American, of course, he's asked the question to do with the USA, or at least I think it is. It just says American. Now, I might be interpreting this as South America, and I'll let you I'll let you decide upon that on yourself. Alex, you can take this first. If you could be teleported to any place in America for 24 hours, where would you choose and what would you do? You can plan in advance and pick a day any time within the next year. Um, so sorry, did you say we are doing USA or anywhere in the I two Americas? I think so, right. yeah. Um, I think so. I think that's probably what you meant. I think, I don't know the exact dates. Um, I've only been to the US once and that was to New York. Um, and as much as I'd, I'd love to go back, I feel it's just a bit of a boring answer. So I'll say I'd like to go and visit Portland. Uh, maybe see Adam while I'm there. But maybe, uh, <laughs> but I'd like to go and uh, sample the football culture in in Portland, um, mm. sort of both the Timbers and then the the Portland Fawns, uh, the women's team, because I think it's it's a really unique sort of supporter culture they've got going on. Um, yeah. And obviously, you know, I'm, there are certain elements of American supporter culture which you know we like to have a bit of a laugh at and poke fun at but name i think them. it's name them uh, name them name them uh i'm not getting dragged into that <laughs> you plead in the fifth yes yeah, so i think I'd, I'd quite like to to go up to portland and and uh sort of experience that because it looks really good um so yeah so i think that will be mine but i don't know the fixtures so i can't pick an exact yeah. day maybe a, a game against seattle sounders who are the I'd say local rivals. It's like the distance between here and Scotland. Um, if I could be transported anywhere in the USA between now and the next year, St. Matthew Island. Now, I didn't know about this place before I just typed it into Google. However, it's telling me it is said to be the most remote place in Alaska, marooned in the Bering Sea, halfway to Siberia. And that would be to escape all of you lot. That'll do for part one. (laughs) That'll do for part one. We'll be back in a moment for part two. Right. Welcome back to the uh, City Report football podcast. Let's try and finish off with some football answers. Um, Like I said, tomorrow we're going to, any match-related, any current affairs, if I can use that term, in terms of, you know, current form, etc. We'll throw them in in part two of tomorrow's Tottenham preview. But we have had some questions that are away from 
sort of the 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 current performances of City. We'll start with this from Joel MCFC ninety eight, and they send a photo of I don't know if you saw it. BT Sport after the Manchester derby on Saturday tweeted a photo of Marcus Rashford with his arms aloft, uh, celebrating a goal with the caption "Welcome to Manchester." Now Joel asks us that Tevez billboard has rattled the United fans for years. What are other iconic player welcomes, and where do you rank that this one? Um, Alex, if we widen out and sort of try and think about some general football welcomes, one that springs to mind, and I'm sure is a La Liga fanatic like yourself, the Santi Cazola, um, the like, yeah. what was it like a teleportation tube or something? Yeah. Have you seen there's a theory going on online that he actually never played for was it Villarreal and the fact and this like teleportation thing was like a, an understudy <laughs> and it was a fake because he was really bad when he went back and um I don't know if you saw that or after the after the injury yeah yeah um that was a pretty spectacular one wasn't it with all the um the smoke coming up from mm. the tube and then Cazola just appearing um just going back to sort of interesting city ones uh it wasn't really an unveiling but I feel like the arrival of Benjani was quite Interesting in the fact mm. that it nearly didn't happen because he fell asleep or something. I think nearly missed <laughs> he missed his flight that he was meant to get from Portsmouth. Anyway. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of other ones. The I guess the we we have a laugh with the Alexis Sanchez one, don't we? Playing the piano. Um, yeah, <laughs> and especially how that one aged mm. in terms of his transfer to United. Having did he snub City or did United just offer more? I can't quite remember. Yeah, it was one of them, wasn't it? Um, it's happened mm. quite a few times in recent years, and none of them have worked out that amazingly for United, have they? Um, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to think of spectacular announcements. I guess it's always quite <laughs> sort of. I, I I don't know because it was it was a nice event for say like kids the the Harland Ortega Alvarez yeah. thing and you know it's a nice it was it was one of the hottest day of the years uh, one of the year I think because um, I was there reporting on it so it's nice for the for the people that weren't sort of collapsing from the heat it was a, sort of a <laughs> decent day out but you know it's a very sort of sort of Barcelona and Real Madrid thing I think to have. Mm the stadium packed out for an unveiling. I've just never got the appeal of it. Um, mm. Like, obviously at City, it wasn't quite that. It wasn't the player was in the centre circle doing keepy uppies and the stadium had 50,000 people. It was just <laughs> a stage outside. But I've never really got either. Like, why would you go and just watch them kick the ball for five minutes and then... It, yeah. I, it, I don't know. It, it, like you say, it's, it's a foreign invention, isn't it? It's, it's absolutely a foreign invention. And, and I guess at the time when it was announced, I was amongst those who was thinking, like, what's the point? But someone explained and pointed out that for a lot of people who may not be able to get to matches this season or may not be able to afford it, this might be their only chance to see someone like Harland. And I yeah. think that's fair enough, you know. You know I, I, I didn't go, but I'm sure people who sort of did go and, and sort of got, or the kids that got to go and, if not anything else, it's a massive money spinner for the club, isn't it? All those people outside the club shop. Although being said, on the hottest day of the year, being trapped inside City's club shop might be one of the worst places to be because that place is like an inferno. Um, let's move it along then. And um, we'll, we'll, like I said, some football questions. We've had this from Radar2H said. It comes off the back of the weekend, but it's a sort of, it's a more philosophical, wider question. And, you know, they say it's not VAR, it's the people using it in quotation marks. Can that be used to defend VAR anymore? Does the technology mean 
uh, much beyond what it's used as. If the in- introduction of it does not remove the element of wording slash interpretation, what does it do besides re-referee the game? It's 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 a weird one, isn't it? I guess I'm sort of somewhere in the middle with this. I, I, I am still... If given the option today, like a sort of matrix red and blue pill, I'd take the one, whichever one got rid of VAR. I, I accept that beforehand the conversations around referee mistakes were so tedious and boring and horrible. They're basically the same now, so not much has changed. But I recognise that, you know, mistakes beforehand were catastrophic and perhaps something needed to happen. Um, however, I just, I just, I don't know. I, there's still something about it that, that, ruins a lot of the game for what I enjoy football to be however I accept you know at the same time it's never going to be taken away they've invested far too much money in this so you know we see in the World Cup most of the time there's still some clangers but most of the time it is much more smoother I, th- I think in the Bundesliga is the probably the best use of it I've seen I know last night I was watching a Serie A game between Empoli and Sampdoria and in the 96th minute I think it was Sampdoria had an equaliser disallowed because um, Gabbiadini remember him from Southampton he fell on top of the ball and it touched his hand and they had like a five minute check and eventually got disallowed and Sampdoria something like seven points off the off safety in Serie A so I think Bundesliga is probably the best I've seen it used, the most consistent I've seen it used. Other than that, I'm not a fan. Um, Alex, I've gone in the middle. Are you hopping on the other side or are you sort sort of aligned to our thinking? Um, Yeah, I think I'm probably somewhere in the middle as well. Um, Because like you, Amos, obviously it, it does kind of kill the spontaneity of football sometimes. I mean, you only had to see it in the, was it, I think it's the Carabao Cup, isn't it, where they don't have VAR. Yeah. And it's even, it's like one game in the season or a few games in the season. It just feels a bit different when someone scores because you don't, you, your sudden thought isn't. A bit more natural. Unless yeah, it's a, a clear, natural. there's nothing wrong with the goal. There's no feeling of, oh, we better wait a second to see, see what happens. Mm. Um, so I, I'm not a massive fan of that. But then, it, But then it's like, there's quite a few situations where it's goals have, have been awarded by the referee and then rightfully ruled out. So I wouldn't necessarily, it's kind of, it's one of those, isn't it? It's half of one, uh, six of one and half a dozen of the other. Um, yeah. Yeah. We got, yeah. That. <laughs> um, just the, <laughs> the cogs were going then. Um, yeah. But I also think that it is partly sometimes the rules and the application of those rules. Um, Cause like you were saying, just with that Syria, example I think La Liga is one of the worst for me in terms of handballs and VAR Mm. because I think it was just take the Villarreal against Real Madrid uh, last weekend I think it was Uh, so Villarreal won 2-1 two two of the goals were penalties for each team from just ridiculous handballs so I think Mm. one was I think I can't remember it was it might have been Rudiger I think um, just or David Alaba like fell on the ball and it just happened to hit his hand because he was falling over and that's where his hand went to, to break his mm. fall. Um, and there was another one where I think it was Juan Foyf, um did something similar. Oh, there's a throwback. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, they're not, that's something wrong with the with the law. Like VAR is, is always going to show a replay of it and it's just how the referee interprets that. So um, I'm mm. somewhere in the middle, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm yet to see somebody or yet to hear somebody right now who's pro VAR and pro how it's being used at the moment in the Premier League. Maybe there's someone out there that that could uh, 
could step forward for that one. Um, right, okay, we'll wrap up on this one then. Um, it comes from Harry Newsom 5, who sent this into Talk MCFC, who uh, obviously Louis is the man behind that, and he's going to be on the show tomorrow, and we'll have more questions for, from his followers tomorrow. But they've asked, will Mbappe versus Haaland be the next Messi versus Ronaldo? Now, I think I speak for everyone, and this is the view of the podcast, that nobody will ever eclipse Lionel Messi, ever. Um, well, maybe me at five aside, but <laughs> that, that's a whole different story. Um, Lionel Messi versus Ronaldo was never a debate for me and the podcast. Uh, but that sort of two mega stars going head to head, pitting against each other, breaking records, etc. I think is something that we are potentially, I don't know if you agree with this, about to see with Haaland and Mbappe. Yeah, that would be quite the quite the sight, wouldn't it? See them going head to head on a sort of at least twice a season basis. Um mm. in Newcastle maybe. Ooh, that would uh that would be yeah, that that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Maybe a few years, you mm. know, when he's when he's bored of his sort of gets bored at PSG again and maybe Newcastle are regulars in the Champions League, that would be an interesting one, wouldn't it? Um Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, in term I think it probably is they're the most likely, aren't they? Because I think unless <laughs> you're someone with the incredible otherworldly talent of Messi, which both are great, but they're not that. Then I think to have that kind of rivalry with another player or to get hyped up for a rivalry, you kind of need to have a bit of more personality about you. So, mm. and, and, and Mbappe and Haaland, you know, they're both really young. They're both, um, you know, they have that kind of personality, that superstar kind of appearance and status, don't they? Whereas someone like... You know, a Kevin De Bruyne, who arguably is better in his all-round game, but you know, he's sort of the wrong side of thirty now. He's quite a quiet, reserved person. He, he was never came across as a superstar, if you know what I mean. Mm. So yeah. I think, you know, maybe say like Pedri and Gavi at Barcelona might be players that take up the mantle of De Bruyne, but I'm not sure either of them, unless they become as good as Messi, which I don't think they will. Um, are kind of the the kind of players that would be involved in that kind of one to one rivalry, if you know mm. what I mean. So I think maybe Mbappe yeah. and Haaland are the most likely to. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, Pedri and Gavi almost sort of automatically fit into, albeit different players, fit into the Xavi and Iniesta mold. It, it's scary how sort of they've just regenerated, and Sergio Busquets still there doing his thing. Um, right, okay, uh, a little bit of a different pod, but. One of my favourite ones so far this year, for sure. Alex, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Like I said, tomorrow, more questions, more of your questions. Still time to get them in if you want them, be it you want us to ask them, um, at City Report Pod on all platforms. Until next time, we'll see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. 
By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running. And just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.